Hey guys, welcome to For The Kudos Q&A Sessions 11. Joel and I straight in from a run to record this. Um, how you so, doing, Joel? I'm good. Yeah, that run was uh, it was good. A few stop and starts. Yeah. A few I'd, roads to go across and stuff. I've definitely got Saw some Sinead wrong. on the run, which was good. So while we, we asked her to come on the podcast this Sunday, so yeah. Heard it here first. Yeah, she's going to be... <laughs> where else would I hear it? <laughs> she's going to be... Uh, yeah, she'll be co-hosting episode 16 straight off the bat of... Uh, off the bat? The bat. <laughs> oh, straight off the back of Lon... <laughs> straight off the back of Launceston. Um, yeah, what I was saying there, we did stop a lot because I've definitely got something wrong with my bladder. Like I piss a lot. You do. Runs. Yeah. Gregor's and the even other before, person. Yeah, Gregor, ridiculous, but... Before the run as well, you got to piss a few times. Yeah, I don't know. Even like when sometimes when we're recording a podcast, you, we have to I pause. Have to yeah, when we're piss. drinking beers on it. Yeah, but even not. True. It's just, I don't know. You should get that checked maybe. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it'll be right. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've had plenty of questions. We get these every week um, talking about, you know, mainly nutrition, especially with Gold Coast Marathon coming up. There's a lot of people asking us uh, nutrition questions and, you know, um, still getting a few strength and conditioning questions and some physio sort of rehab questions. So rather than us answer them, we are going to, um, you know, we've spoken about that before, having experts on. Yeah, I'm going to send Jess Rothwell a message right now. Yeah, you, let's just pause the podcast. Yeah. Right? You send her, send her a message to go, can we lock Because we in? keep saying it, we just haven't spoken to her yet. <laughs> no, I did speak to her, didn't I? I'm sure I did. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to have, we'll have the experts on soon and they'll be able to answer those questions. Um, but other than that, we've got, uh, yeah, got a fair few questions this week that we will give our best um, to answer to. Yep. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right, perfect. Adam Ballard says, why do runners from Australia, the UK and the States um, seem to be so scared taking scheduled days off? Most of the East Africans take a day off a week for church and they seem to be pretty good. Is it just because Deke said so? The Africans do seem to be pretty good, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Adam, you've got that point down. <laughs> yeah. Pat. Um, I don't think it's because Deke said so. I think... It was like well before Deeks that yeah uh, yeah Australians New Zealanders the British and that I think they all head cases yeah but they all train similar I think coming from probably that Arthur Lillard training yeah um of doing lots of running and jogging um you yeah so we all have kind of the similar um, schedule of doing like three sessions and a long run and yep. then, and lots of uh, lots of jogging between that but yeah. It's interesting, yeah. Not many people do have rest days, do they? No. It's I, I, Jack, and I have, do now, but that's yeah, because, because we've you've been so in- got brittle bones. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> yeah, nah, uh, but yeah, but like honestly, I think if Jack had the option, he wouldn't. Yeah. Um, well, isn't that the, isn't that yeah. the thing? Other uh, if you don't, you know, don't um, think about overtraining. But at the end of the day, it's like if, if everyone could train, if you you know. Like if you could train hard every day and your body could cope with it and you weren't going to go into overtraining, it was the best thing yeah. for you, right? And I think when you look at like uh, our training versus um, the Kenyans training or something like that, yeah, the, we're not doing the same sessions that they are doing as well. No. Like they're smashing some huge sessions yeah. and then doing these really hard long runs yeah. Like um, and then having a day off yeah. where ours is a bit more 
not as intense. Yeah. But kind of like every day is kind of medium. Yeah. Where they t- have like ticking over really big days, and then like a rest day to really reset. Where yeah. I feel like yeah, obviously if we were doing um, the huge like hour long sessions that they do, yeah, then like you'd... yeah, th- like they do fifteen k chuck yeah, sessions and stuff like that. Yeah. Where, where so that they might need the the, the days off day. where we don't. So it's just yeah, it is just a different. It's all about recovery, really. You know, that's, that's yeah. the recovery is the most important thing in in training, and that's why, you know, um, it's a little a bit of a strange topic to talk about. But with dr- performance enhancing drugs like EPO and stuff, I'm pretty sure the benefit that you get from that is recovery, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like it doesn't. In- it doesn't. So it's you not actually like you don't, train harder. That's what I mean. Yeah, you can. You can technically. Yeah, you can just, you just work. bounce back. Exactly. Yeah. Your body's just recovering so fast that you can just do these crazy workouts, and over a period of time of while you're doping, yeah, um, you're getting that unfair advantage because you can recover so well, you can push yourself so much. It's not like you just take a magic pill and you start like drop your PB by a minute. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. allows you to recover better yeah. and train better. Yeah, actually, drug cheats probably train harder. Yeah, than, than non-drug cheats because they can. That is one thing that, like, you know, especially when like Lance Armstrong was in all these, all these sort of you know, armchair experts that don't really know. They just think, you know, I remember having mates and stuff at school that would talk about that and they just think it's like, oh, you're doping. So he's just like sitting at home taking these tablets and it's like, no, he's doing that so he can train even harder. Yeah, yeah. Like there's that story of him back in the the late 90s when he would have been juiced to the fucking eyeballs um, and he was doing, it was in one of the major races and he was doing strength efforts. So it's when he's like got his... Cadence is like 60 RPM and he's riding like at the front. He's training for the Tour de yeah, France yeah, yeah. in a major race and it's just like you just look at him and you go, oh, that's because you're doping yeah, the exactly. eyeballs, you know. <laughs> it, and honestly, yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it's just different systems and we, um, yeah, it's a system that maybe Australians use. Yeah. And there, there shouldn't be, there's no rule for... There's no blanket rule. Yeah. You've got to find out what in this game, you've got to find out what works for you. And really. you, and there's like been a lot of like like people that have gone over and then tried the like the Kenyan system and it hasn't worked for them. Yeah. So it's yeah. It doesn't necessarily if, if we change that system, we're not necessarily gonna get better. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um good question though. Um David Callahan, um, as a professional runner, <laughs> I'm confident with that surname. Yeah, I looked at it. As a professional runner, do you have a mental time frame for how long your career will be, or is it something you can't afford to think about while you're in your prime? Yeah, it's uh, definitely. I would say it's it's just wasting energy thinking about that. Um, look, you can't to, know. You can't, one, you can't know. No, you're right. Two, like I think what's interesting about you and I is you've been a professional runner for a long time. I'm still like still I can't even really call myself a professional runner until I start making enough of a living off it just because I you know can occasionally run fast sometimes. Doesn't really mean I'm a professional runner but it's like I'm 28 now and if I was really good at 1500s, I would probably be like, all right, you never really made it. But it's like the, the thing that's keeping me motivated to train and stuff is I know that marathon you don't peak until you're sort of in your 30s and there's a lot of good guys in their 30s so it's like that's sort of I I sort of think because I'm better at the endurance stuff it doesn't really matter that I'm 28 you know there's like a lot of athletes out there that are um that are older putting really good times down you know like there's guys you know even like someone like Tom DeCanto Liam Adams they ran their best time when they were like in their late 30s yeah exactly yeah, I think, um, and you just you don't know what's going to happen. Like, uh, yeah, hopefully injuries aren't 
stopping you, but like there's been a lot of people where they've been like, yeah, I'm going to move to marathons and then try to get injured and, yeah. then, and then two years later they're not even running anymore. Yeah. Because, and like that's just what happens. So it's it's you can't tell the future. So no. There's, there's no, there's no, no point. point worrying about it. Um, Do you reckon Sinead Diver was when exactly. she was in her third? We talked about that in the Q&A um, about how, you know, she wouldn't have known how good she was and she was actually getting injured sort of similar to, you know, me getting injured off not that many Ks when she first started and she said it took her like six years for her body to get to the point. Mm. And it's like by that stage she was in her uh, late 30s, early 40s, late 30s I think, yeah. Yep. And it's like that's that's 10 years older than I am now. So it's like who yeah. knows? Or I might be th- get to 31 and I'm still not running that well and I'm just and, and a also, media mogul. Yeah. <laughs> if Sinead put a time frame on, on her... Running, she wouldn't be running. Exactly right. Like, yeah, yeah. It's so, just something you can't think about. So it's like, yeah. Hey, David, do you put t- time frame in your professional career? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing that can, um, with, with age, though, you can kind of, I don't know, change your training a little bit as well. Like as you get older, um, like say for me, like when I get to say thirty five, yeah. sure I'm not gonna have to train like I no. did when I was twenty six, twenty seven, no. because I'm gonna have that years of training exactly. in my legs as well, and my body probably won't want to do that training. No. That's um, a big mistake that you yeah, know, trying yeah. to do what they did when they were young. Exactly, and you, it's like you don't actually your, need to. Yeah, yeah. trust you, the base you have sometimes too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nick Jacobson says. Uh, do you have any tips or advice on how to mentally deal with chronic pain or niggles while running? It's tough. Yeah, I think that it's definitely, um, as Dylan Vazari from our strength and conditioning episode would have said, that's not in our scope. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brett doesn't know what we're talking about, by the way, because he hasn't listened to yeah, that episode. No <laughs> <laughs> um, I Yeah, definitely you need to make sure that you have been given the all clear. Like if you've got a chronic niggle, that is, you know, showing up every run. You need to make before you make the decision that you can sort of run through that, and it's not going to cause more damage. You need a professional opinion on that. Yeah. Whether it be as physio or a sports doctor, you know, we can't be saying, "Oh, yeah, you've got that shin splint." Yeah, you just run through. Exactly. You uh, have to find out exactly what it is, and if it is, yeah, okay to run through that. Um, so we, I suppose, it let's is, answer it in. Let's answer it in terms of the sports doctor has said. Look, it's a nerve run. issue. Yeah. Um, you're gonna feel pain. Then, yeah, I think, like, I, I've I've tried to run through things before, and I think I get up and I do all, all the things I can to get my body as good as that I can for that um, yeah. for for that run. And you really, I don't know, it is it is tough. Like you have to ignore it. Yeah, as much as possible, but. Um, yeah, it, it is. It's tough. It is it's really tough. Yeah, I think it, it definitely. But I think you can take confidence if the doctor says, "Yeah, you, you're okay to keep running." You can take confidence that okay, I'm not doing more damage. That's the thing. And yeah. That's the thing with the interesting thing with pain, especially chronic pain. It's like I know, I know for me, and you're you, we've talked about this before. It's like coming back from a stress fracture when you have the phantom pain starts coming on, and you're like, I can feel that, and you've got the fear looming over your head that the bone hasn't healed. Yeah. You go get that rescan at like you know oh, yeah, six yeah. to eight weeks. You get the rescan; they tell you it's healed. Your next run doesn't hurt. N- yeah, no more pain. No Pain's more pain. Gone, yeah, yeah. So it is kind of it is really interesting with that. But look, there are cases where people do have chronic pain, and you know you could be in quite severe pain running every time, whether it be nerve or something like that. And then I suppose you have to balance. You know, mate, you have to work out for yourself if it's worth it. If yeah. it's worth running, maybe you want you want to move to cycling or something like that that doesn't. 
you know, if, if the aim is just to keep fit and you're in pain every single time, well, is it enjoyable? Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing as well, like if you're running with this pain, you've got to make sure you're not compensating somewhere else to yeah. avoid it and going to injure something else. something else. Yeah. yeah, it is always a tough one, but running is a sport like that where there is going to be yeah. niggles and Don't pains. remember the last time I ran without pain. Yeah. Um, Bevan Hargrave, how do you boys train through being sick and what about races? Yeah, I definitely... Um, yeah, so if it's like a cold, for me, it's based on a fever. So if when you get like that head cold and you're stuffy and you you know you got a blocked nose and you feel a bit of a scratchy throat and stuff like that, um, I keep things ticking over and I just maybe back off the intensity a little bit. Don't push as hard, but that stuff generally you can train through. Like yeah. our bodies are so used to training that you can you can sort of train through those things. But when you've got a fever. Um, you shouldn't be or body aches, body or aches, like stuff in the chest. Yeah, yeah. So when it's like chesty, yeah, like I had tonsillitis, you know, a few a few months ago, and I just didn't train for three days because I was in bed with a fever. Um, but then, yeah, you just it's really it's really based on. I think people there's like you make there's two mistakes people make. One is they are sick with say a cold, and you know we've got athletes that do this. It's like oh I'm sick, I got to have like two weeks off. From, yeah. a, from a little head yeah. cold and you just like lose everything that you've built towards. And then other people, it's like, um, you know, I've got severe COVID symptoms. Yeah. I'm going to go out and do my marathon workout. Or, or they do the marathon workout, train again on the Tuesday and then be like, yeah, I've been sick the last week. Yeah. <laughs> like, Thanks for telling Thanks me. Thanks for telling me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, my shin has split in half. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> the tibia is protruding from the skin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did that last Friday. Yeah, yeah. This is Wednesday. And you me now. <laughs> Long one was okay though. Yeah, so I guess it is, yeah, if symptoms are kind of in the, above the shoulders, um, yeah. th- then you should be okay but but you should all like still kind of back off back off a little bit and, and try to get healthy because yeah if you go and smash yourself it's probably just going to prolong that cold or whatever so the first thing is trying to get rid of that as quick as possible um but yeah. if you can do that while still doing a few jogs that, that's probably the best case yeah yeah for sure um i want to ask this next question to you yeah from sarah marshall hmm. thoughts on running in the rain avoid or embrace um, <laughs> this is a test. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually read this. To be honest, I uh, even when I was um, would would complain and stuff, I would still. I've always liked running in the rain. Um, uh, don't necessarily like running in when it's freezing cold. But look, we we're um, we're on pro hours, so we run at like nine every day. And you know, when I'm if I'm running by myself, like even last Wednesday morning, it was pissing down. Yeah. Um, when I ran, and it's like we we can't wait. We we're on we're on pro hours anyway. It's like yeah, you exactly. can't if it's if it's nine o'clock and it's raining. It's sort of like well, you know, we just leave. Um, yeah. And to, to be honest, I I've spoken about this um, so many times, and I hate the fact that I have to address the. You know what I'm about to say? <laughs> the sport that I used to do. Oh uh, yeah. Um. We used to, I used to be like ter- terrified before races when it was in the rain. Um, I remember my first world champs, world junior champs was like the crazy torrential rain and hail on the bike course. And it was like up and down hills and um, on like, you know, the white lines, people were stacking every corner, people breaking bones and all that. And I remember when I transitioned into running and my first ever running race as a runner was at Hobart, run the bridge. 
um, back in like 2017 or something. And I was in the athlete briefing the day before and Nick Earl was the weatherman and he was talking about um, it, the possibility of rain and all the athletes I remember were sort of complaining. They're like, oh, don't tell me it's going to rain for the race. Oh, it's going to... And I remember sitting there thinking... Who the fuck cares if it rains for the race? Yeah, like, what's yeah. going to happen? You're not going to slip over and kill yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah. on the bike, it's genuinely scary. But it's like running in the rain. What's going to happen? Mm. It's. But now I'm... <laughs> but then again, this morning when we were about to leave yeah. for the run and we saw it was raining, we both threw a tantrum. I, I knew that's why you were just, asking me that. <laughs> well, I was like, please, Brent, do you have a spare jacket? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it's... And, like, when it's raining, you get out there. After five minutes, yeah, you're wet you're and it's... And then, like, it's not going to get any worse than yeah. that. So you're kind of used to it. It's just like when that rain first hits you. Like, yeah, you're oh, just like, oh. Sucks. I think, honestly, Sarah, when it says avoid or embrace, if you want to avoid it, maybe think, okay, do I want to put on Lycra and go for a ride in this rain right now yeah, in the exactly. city? And, and it's like if you collarbone. And, yeah, <laughs> which I have done. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've broken my wrist both in the rain. Um, so I think just embrace it. Embrace it, is, it yeah. yeah. Running in the rain is pretty pretty amazing actually you know what's running in the rain is sick in like queensland in the tropics yeah yeah when it's like hot and you're doing sessions in torrential downpour yeah. and you're warm yeah um, um yesterday's warm down wasn't too enjoyable no it was cold and rainy but yeah and we were both complaining yeah so but we still didn't avoid it no nah, we do it we embraced can, it yeah. with, a, with a touch of <laughs> yeah a touch of complaining isn't it like if you like swear it gets rid of pain or something like that. Like I think yelling swear oh, yeah. words gets rid of pain. So like complaining kind of gets rid of it. <laughs> yeah, the, sure it does. The, the wetness. Um, uh, next one from Shanae O'Leary. If you guys weren't professional runners, would you still run regularly? Um, I've thought about this before. I think I used to say to – Rainer and I used to say that um, – if we weren't like uh, say after a, if we leave the sport of running, um, we would get into cycling. I think I'd like cycle because I'm like interested in gear and equipment and it's sort of more fun and, you know, like there's, there's a lot of sort of like more hobby side to it than yeah. just go, putting on your shoes and going for a run. So I, I probably think that I might be interested in cycling more than running. But then also the endorphins you get from running um, – a pretty yeah, it's really hard for me to explain because I've and there's we'll go into this later in the Q and A because someone asked how we got into running, but it's like both of us have been running for so long. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to know what we what would've. you would be like, but yeah. I, I feel like I would always regularly run. Mm. Um, I'd probably do cycling as well. I reckon like I had so much yeah. fun when I was doing that. Um, it would be pretty fun to be at, at, like if you and I were bigger and we played like club footy. Yeah. Like being part of a team. We would last about one week. And then, <laughs> no. <laughs> just. Very a- first training session and we'd get bullied out of the team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mom, I got a corky. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I would always still run. I couldn't, couldn't see myself like getting fat. So no. I'd always be active doing something. Um, yeah. I think I'd be running like. Especially now, like in Melbourne, just like all the kind of running communities that are around, yeah, it's it is kind of good things to be a part of. So running's become cool again. Yeah, exactly. Tell you what, it was not back when I was doing like back when I was in high school. Running was not like a cool sport. Yeah, like the the guys that were like now. There's all these groups like Hunter and AMPM and you know the up there shop run and stuff like that uh, up there athletics and they um yeah, there's all these like everyone's like got you know cool gear and there's all the cool brands and stuff. Like back when I was around, I swear it was like people wearing like bright, that bright electric blue, blue Brooks and Asics yeah, tops yeah. and stuff and like the big gel, silver gel Nimbus. Yeah. <laughs> Everything was a bit cooked. 
Um, yeah, so yeah, we would, Sinead, definitely. Um, Kale Blaker asked, do you boys go commando? Do you boys go commando under split shorts and tights? I do, both. I do as well. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, that ties into um, Sarah Marshall's question, if it's really cold and rainy. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, do we embrace it? It's like, yeah, embrace it, but maybe put the splitties on. Yeah. <laughs> Take the tights off. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely, it's funny, like the difference in say like footy boy culture um, and running culture. And I think it might've changed in recent years, but I remember when I, I played footy, when I was probably 13, 14 and I was also good at running then. So I would go to like track training on a Tuesday, Thursday and wear uh, tights and I remember like, you know, you're you're young, you're like 13 years old, you're insecure and stuff so you probably got the splitties Mm, over the top of the tights and then you get bullied at training. They're like, all the older boys like, why are you wearing splitties over there? And it's like, all right, splitties are coming off and then you go to footy training and if you're training them without the shorts over the top of the skins, they're like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It's a different culture. Yeah, no, I definitely don't wear anything under but it's, yeah, I don't know. It's always, uh, especially some of like the Nike Pro ones I got, like the grey ones, it literally looks like I'm wearing underwear. Yeah, <laughs> some of them. Uh, yeah, or if, you, if you've got a, a tired old pair of shorts, the inner lining and yeah. they start to, they don't, gri- they don't grip as well as they used to. <laughs> so it's like a gust of wind and it just <laughs> hangs out, yeah. hits, hits your shin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Riley Goodfellow, shaving your legs for running. Is this a thing or just a cyclist thing? Uh, it's definitely a thing. I, I definitely do it just before racing. It's, yeah, I do it. You um, do it re- regularly, right? Yeah, I do it regularly. It's, but I used to do it like way more. Like I used to be like, have like no hair on my legs like all the time. A- a- anytime where now I was like, just every few weeks I kind of do, do it. it um, yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, like I reckon heaps of elite runners, Years ago, like would always be, and we're now it's like a little bit more. I don't know. People get the bush back, <laughs> <laughs> getting the leg bush back. <laughs> it's like bringing back the seventies. Yeah, um, I definitely do it just before racing because it's like one of the just another like one percent thing that I do, and it's just like a mental thing. But it's like I shave my legs, and it's like I'm the day before the race. I'm like going for a jog, and I've got veins popping yeah. out everywhere, and I'm like, fuck, I'm ready to go. I feel like go. you definitely look fitter. Yeah, when, when it is, and plus also uh, massage. If you have long, oh, it's it just so sucks. bad. Yeah. Um, especially if they're using like oil or something, it's like no. Pat Tien, and you listening to this? Yeah. But why do always complains about when he ma- had to massage Tien yeah. because I had to use like half a liter of stuff on <laughs> <Yeah>. him? <laughs> Um, Nick Delaney asks how important is doing lead up events in a big training block Um, so he means you know in a big training block say for a marathon should you be targeting like a 10k or a half marathon races in that you know 12 week block I think it's good doing them Um, you don't need to like necessarily target them yeah exactly if it's one thing it breaks up the training like mentally definitely Like, like if you're doing like a 12 week just training for a marathon, like it just kind of is just repetitive and, yeah. you, and you do get kind of sick of it a little bit where if you kind of target a race, it kind of gives a few easy days either side. Yeah, um, freshens you up a little bit. Plus it's just something else to think about yeah. other than just like doing like yeah, a long run, whatever. Um, also good to practice what you do, yeah. you know, like that yeah. race thing. It's like pe- people – you know, the the more you race, the 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 more it becomes sort of second nature doing going through those race processes. Um, you know, there's people 
and I th- I'm definitely guilty of this. If I haven't, you know, maybe been injured, haven't raced for a while, and then it's like the race comes up, you, you're more nervous. You sort of forget. You're like, shit, what do yeah. I do? What's the process? Whereas I'm like, I'm sure when you were younger and you used to race in Europe all the time and you'd have like... You'd have the same kind of rituals yeah. you would do. And then, yeah, yeah, it's funny because I, I feel like because of the last few years because of COVID and stuff, like I've... Haven't raced as much, yeah. and I turn up to race, and I was like, "What do I do again before this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, what do I do for a warm up?" And uh, yeah, and also I think another good thing is reminding yourself how to hurt. Yeah, uh, like you go whatever 85 90 percent in training yeah. you never really pushed that 100 I've been, hopefully uh, i'm at 100 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> as of two weeks i started to cap at 85 um where when you get into a race like you can actually really dig at yeah. the end there and kind of remember what it's like to dig deep so definitely um yeah i think it's a good reminder for that yeah for sure uh tom peddler why is 100 mile a week the magic number for marathon runners is it? Yeah. <laughs> I think um, there's from from you. You'll answer this question better than me. But when I read this question, I, I that's what I thought. I was like, is it? Because in my mind, I know like some pretty successful marathon runners that run sort of shorter k's. Yeah. Um, and then you know some successful marathon runners that run crazy k's. Yeah, and to, I think um, kind of gone on to like back to that first question about kind of the different training systems. Hundred miles kind of became a. I don't know, I guess a British and Australian thing of yeah. people just, I don't know, used to do that in, in kind of like base phase, um, run that number. But yeah, when I do marathon, I run like 190, 200K. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, so it's like when Kip Chogi does 220 or yeah. something, 240. So there's- Robertson yeah, brothers, I, what do they do? Yeah. 140, yeah, that Yeah, they do load, don't yeah, they? 140, 150. Yeah. Yeah. What did what, what did Charlotte do when she ran her PB? When because she, she was doing all the cross training on the yeah, bike. Yeah, wasn't she? I think like, she was one fifty. Yeah. She, I don't think she was hitting one sixty. I could be wrong. Yeah. But, so no, I don't. To be honest, I don't think it is a magical number. So don't know what you're on about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll cut that question and, yeah. and cut the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I am lucky, or I'm lucky. Asks at the core at the core thought of it. Why do you run, and why did you start running? Um, so I started running, so when I was in like primary school, I was, I played soccer and was like always just doing that, which kind of, when you, you just like, look like, I'm looking at you right now and you look like a soccer player. I don't know what it is about <laughs> you. You just look like a soccer player. That's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then I think just my thing when I was a soccer player, like I see always kick so many goals because what they would do is just boot, boot the ball. <laughs> Give it a spell, mate. <laughs> boot the ball and I would run, be quicker than everyone, get it, and then it would just be one-on-one versus the keeper. Um, <laughs> Shut up. I mate. know you're trying. I wish that uh, – this is why we need video because all you listeners, like I thought Brett was sort of taking the piss and he's dead serious right I'm now. dead he's serious. He's got the most serious mate, look I on his face this. and he's doing hand actions. <laughs> one-on-one with the keeper. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Fucking top goal scorer. So <laughs> but it made me fast. I guess I was, yeah, kind of the fast kid. So then I started doing cross country. Um, and then I was still playing soccer for a few years. Then I just didn't really know which kind of one to do. And then I was like, oh, A-League doesn't seem that good. So <laughs> <laughs> Not good enough for Premier League. So I'll go into running. Yeah, yeah so I went into running. And uh yeah, so that's kind of what got me into running and then just, yeah, from there, I just kept doing that like through cross country, through school. Um, and then I get, yeah, I guess kind of like that like, taste for success was kind of what kept me 
money yeah. and kind of it is like but then through that's become my life so like all my friends do it yeah and it's like yeah so that's why i run really is my friends do it and i'm good <laughs> at it <laughs> <laughs> my friends do it and i'm good at it <laughs> it's very honest of you and i suppose it is quite true um, talking about soccer, shit, that is something that I would love to do after. I would love to play like in a, you know, imagine us You running. look like a 40-year-old soccer player. Oh, when you're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I look like one of those real tall German, you know, the, the goalkeepers that um, I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, fucking your wife will be like on a Wednesday night taking care of the kids <laughs> and then sort of like, like, where's Joel? He's like, oh, he's playing fucking indoor soccer with his mates. Like, <laughs> six aside. <laughs> <laughs> Futsal, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. No, so I, soccer would be would be fun to to play. Um, but yeah, now that I'm thinking about, it, there'd be a bunch of dorks. Like it's got to, <laughs> it's got to be like. Surely there's some like young professional leagues where they just go and like drink some beers and I don't know. Why does everything have to relate okay, well, back to beers? Yeah, but answer your question. The question. Um, what was it again? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my uh, mine was pretty interesting. I was. As you guys can probably imagine, I had like I was really hyperactive as a kid, um, and like just had crazy energy levels. And when I was in prep, so that's when I was six years old, I used to just like I, my teacher couldn't control me, and I would muck around so much. And I wasn't like a bad kid; it wasn't like I was like beating up other kids or anything. I was just so hyperactive; I'd like throw things and just couldn't sit down and do my do my work. Um, and I didn't have; I wasn't diagnosed with AD. ADHD or anything because I could I could focus when I wanted to. It was just hyperactive. I had yeah. too much energy. And so my teacher would tell me <laughs> so funny. my teacher would ask me, um, would be like, Joel, I'm gonna time you to leave the leave the classroom, go sprint around the oval two times as fast as you can, and I'm gonna time you and then come back in. And I would just go do it a bolt and I'd come back in and I'd be relaxed. I would have burnt some energy and then I'd work fine. And then I think they spoke to my parents and they're like, look. He's got so much energy. Um, he's a good kid. Like you should put him into something like little athletics on the weekend where he can just, you know, go crazy. And I was so competitive as a kid too. Like I would want to race. It, apparently like when I was four years old, I would ask to race mm. people all the time. I remember racing my grandma once <laughs> who I said to my grandma, I, I, genuinely, I raced her and she beat me. I would have been like three or four. And I was like, come on, grandma, let's race. Come on, grandma. And she beat me and I asked if she was faster than Kathy Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, grandma, are you faster than Kathy Freeman? She's like, shut up, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> She's a fucking Olympic champion. Yeah. How am I faster? <laughs> yeah. You, your teacher needs to send you around the oval a few times so you concentrate in school. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then once I started a little athletics, never uh, never looked back. So yeah. Why do you run now? Was that the question? Oh, no. Well, we why you do- answered that question. We didn't even get asked that. Why oh, do you run? Ah, uh, shit. the core thought of it. Why do you run? No, I still- Because um, your friends do it and you're good at it? <laughs> uh, oh, thanks for saying I'm good at it, Brett. <laughs> <So> um, occasionally. <laughs> uh, I definitely think since- I do love it. I absolutely love it. Um way happier running than I ever was doing doing triathlon. Um I yeah, I just love it and I I definitely have that that drive since being a young kid of like wanting to like make it as a professional runner. Um and you know, I feel like I have this 
yeah, sort of avoid, I want to avoid um, working a nine to five job for as long mm. as possible. I just don't like the idea of, you know, being an office sort of worker or even if I, you know, in design or whatever, it's like, you know, going to the office nine to five. It's like I'm in this position now, especially with what we're doing with the podcast and Grattan House and stuff, you know, and doing, doing coaching and I'm still running and it's like I love the idea of just being able to do all that sort of stuff. You know, I can do it anywhere in the world. And while you can do it, you might as well do it. And that's the other thing. Yeah, yeah 100%. Like we can't. We're not going to be able to do this forever. So um, I want to get to the point. <laughs> Listeners, Brett just did a shrug <laughs> as if to suggest he can do it forever. <laughs> Righto, soccer player. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I, I love it. Um, last question from Clems. Second last question. Second last. Yeah, there's one on the other page, mate. Come on. Uh, Pull your head in. Um, question for... Extra athlete Joel. <laughs> Should Jesus walk or swim the first leg? Which is faster? <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, look, if, if for this, I'm going to pretend that I'm uh, not an atheist to answer this. Um, so <laughs> just have to put that little disclaimer out there so people don't think I'm like super religious or anything. Um, <laughs> which I, is fine. Which if is, you are. <laughs> which is fine. Which is fine. Is it? <laughs> um, I would say that look if Jesus can walk on water surely he's got something going on in the swim like yeah. <laughs> he's not just you his know, points like, is pretty good you see, yeah, yeah, he's like <laughs> he's walking on water fine but then he gets in and he can't like swim a 1300 <laughs> yeah. and he's like struggling <laughs> got the pool boy on like to try and keep him afloat um but so so he's got a bit of swimming ability I think too. he's got some s- swimming ability yeah. and I think uh, the IT. He was a man of many talents. Exactly. And I reckon he swimming would be one of them. I reckon, <laughs> I reckon swimming would be one. I reckon he's probably got a pretty good, uh, good technique on the a TT position on the bike. Too. <laughs> um, I think the ITU Triathlon Federation, if he was walking on the water, would also probably say, "No, Hang on here. Jesus, yeah, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, get horizontal on the water." Yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon? I know that question was for me, but surely, you yeah. Well, if if I was Jesus. <laughs> You think you are. <laughs> I soon walk around the same pace. Yeah. So it wouldn't matter. <laughs> oh, that would be funny seeing him do a triathlon. That would be good. Um, um, yeah. Then Last question from uh, Jacob Gower. Regular question asker. Yeah, he is. Good job, Jacob. Keeping us alive. Yep. Um, any tips for keeping a positive mindset in a race that's not going your way? Yeah, that is a big battle. Like especially like with me when I know with this stitch thing I get um, what I kind of go into a panic yeah. and because I'm like, fuck, it's happening again. And then like tr- like trying to quickly figure out ways. Yeah, it's so and, shit. And, uh, you're, and in a ment- you're in a strange mental state racing anyway. We've talked about yeah. this before where like you're sort of in this state that is not really – you're not used to it. Like you don't get that, like that in training. You're sort of in this zen, mo- zen sort of zone and then when you start having those thoughts, it's hard to. Yeah. Yeah. I think a good thing is before the race, don't always, we kind of talked about this with you, don't always just over your head go, this perfect race is going to happen. Exactly. Because most likely it's not going to be not. perfect. Yeah. So things are going to go not the way you want. Yeah. Be prepared so you for just every... need to like kind of try to relax as much as possible. Be problem solve, mm. um, whatever you, whatever the problem is, and yeah, deal with that. But you just 
yeah, try not to lose your mind, but yeah, it is hard. It's it, it is really hard. But um, yeah, I think before the race, kind of having a few scenarios in your head, obviously being positive. Yeah, but having a few kind of plans. Yeah, I suppose you need to be positively flexible. Yeah, that's a good way to. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll trademark that term. It <laughs> yeah. came out pretty smooth, didn't it? <laughs> Quite proud of myself of that one. <laughs> That'd be a name for a new podcast, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Shh, cut out. <laughs> um, I, I remember at Box Hill when I had, like I'd come off that sort of good racing block where I'd, I'd raced, was racing pretty good um, and I went to that Box Hill, was it the Box Hill burn or whatever it was and here, in my mind when I was just getting too arrogant, I thought I was going to run like 13, 20 for 5K and I was running so bad and I was like off the pace and I was fucking just having a shocker and I was getting in my own head, you know, and I remember like I saw Stewie, Stewie had pulled out, he was on the side and I remember having the thoughts of like just pull out, like this is no hope and then as I came past, you Mm. were standing on the side and you were like, Joel, get something out of this, you still try and get something out of this and then it's like I remember having that sort of shift in my state and I was like, well, okay, yeah, like you're not going to have a good race now but at least, you know, maybe maybe pushing the last three laps as hard as you can Will that will better prepare you for say the next race exactly. when you are in a good state? And it's like you you know you you sometimes those races like you know even for you when you're in America there are points in those two races where you knew you were no longer mm. going to get that world qualifying time. What are you yeah. going to do? Just step off the track? Yeah. It's like no, you've set yourself up to you know when you when you're struggling and stuff you can really push. Yeah, um, and like I guess like with you at Box Hill like you've kind of tapered into this race. Yeah, and then if you go kind of try for a little bit then go ass not on yeah. just half ass it to the finish now you've done a week of no training exactly. as well so then get whatever you can shit. like there's there's always some kind of positive or yeah. you can you can try to get out of it for sure for sure um well yeah that's the uh that's the end of uh the questions this week we we tried to knock a bunch of questions out because we felt felt guilty that the uh main ep- episode 15 of the week was only 50 minutes yeah. so we thought we'd do a longer q and a um so ho- hopefully you guys are happier with that um, FTK Spotify playlist. Yes. Yeah. We'll see, probably get four. We'll probably get a few listens and then about four repeat listens. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, we have had, yeah, a bunch of a bunch of people sort of over the last couple of months say, you know, because we obviously have um, Alex Clayton Showerhead's track as the intro outro. Um, so, you know, that's pretty pretty interesting electronic music and we, we often, both Brett and I, put put electronic music on our Instagram stories and stuff like that. So um, It's hard though. Lot, lot, I listen to a lot of like underground, unreleased stuff. Yeah. So it won't really... Maybe it's not on Spotify. On Spotify. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, what a soccer wanker. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, <that's> all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely uh, get that. Get that going, and I'm sure, as yeah, as Brett said, there'll probably be ten, five five percent of our listeners will be like, "Yeah, this is sick," and then the other ninety five percent will be like, "Oh, can you add Black oh, Bamblam Black Betty to that, play- <laughs> <laughs> to that playlist?" <laughs> the song title is definitely not called Bamblam Black Betty. Is it? <laughs> I think it might just be Black Betty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm throwing throwing obscure lyrics into the song title. <laughs> oh uh-huh. shit! Um, and uh, yeah, Sinead on um, next week's episode. So co-hosting. We'll, yeah, we'll put out a over the weekend. Send in some questions. Yeah, for her, any fresh ones, but ones that you forgot to ask yeah. in uh, the Q and A. So yeah, that'd be good having her as a co co-host. I think she. Um, she yeah she was pissed off last time she was like why am I only on the Q and A yeah, I know. yeah. <laughs> we promised her she'll be getting a job so yeah. so she's running Launceston this weekend and then Commonwealth Games yeah marathon marathon so she doing anything world champs 
No. No point interviewing her now. No point having yeah. her on the co-host. <laughs> we'll just have you. <laughs> All, All right, right, guys. Thanks a lot. See ya.